Let's talk about some of the biggest roster battles and some of the surprises we might see in 2023 Cincinnati Bengals training camp. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. You can subscribe to this show as training camp is getting started this week on YouTube, or you can find us anywhere you get your podcast and become a first listener, making us your first listen of the day. Become an everyday or listening to this podcast every day we put an episode up, which is going to be frequent all year round, and especially this time of year, James, there's... A lot going on in training camp. It's the start of the season. There's a lot of excitement. And one of the most exciting things about training camp are when players kind of come out of nowhere or when you end up with some really interesting roster battles that you didn't necessarily anticipate. And we've talked a lot about this. We've talked about both units last week. We talked about some of the biggest questions in training camp. And a lot of the questions for this team, as we discussed then, or at the back end of the roster, which I think is what makes, or at least part of what makes this conversation extra interesting this year. And we're going to do this in, in a format of a mailbag because we got some great questions about some of these topics. And thematically, it's appropriate right now to mm-hmm. talk about what's going to happen with some of these roster battles. So let's start with who day disc bag, who day disc dad. At Ryando Sparks, a lot of difficult pronunciations there from Ryando Sparks. Dark Horse roster surprises, James. Who stands out? And he wanted to make sure we knew his favorite, Devonsha Marshall, the interior defensive lineman from Chattanooga who is an undrafted free agent. He thinks that's the guy. Do you have anybody else? That's a good one. Certainly, because could the Bengals use a, another interior defensive lineman? I would certainly put that on the radar because part of this, even if you really, really like the player, is, all right, well, where's the path to them making the team? And it's tough. Like, I, I wish there was a tight end that stood out, but Christian Trahan or Trahan, he doesn't. You look at his numbers from Houston – and, and, and all the measurables and stuff. I, I don't think he really has a shot to make the roster. Now, prove me wrong, Christian, if your family sends this to you or something. I'm sure you're not listening, but a lot of times players' families will go that route. Outside of that, there really isn't an obvious, like, oh, that makes so much sense because of the depth ahead of them and where they're at roster-wise. I'll give you two names, though, just to watch. And, and it, it stinks because, like, the wide receiver room – I like Cedric Jackson. I don't think he has a real shot, barring something really unforeseen to push. So he wouldn't be one. The guy I would mention, it's probably the guy you're thinking of. Jackson, with no C and no K. Jackson Kirkland, with an X, is uh, is a dark horse, I would say. I think he could come in and make a push on the interior of that offensive line. I, th- I think Ben Brown is in that mix, too. He's certainly not an undrafted free agent this year. was an undrafted free agent last year. And then one other guy, and we've talked a lot about running back, but we haven't mentioned him. And his trainer actually tagged me in something 
earlier this week um, or late last week. It's it's Sunday as we record this. But Calvin Tyler Jr. He's small. He's older. He is explosive, though. You go back and you watch some of that Utah State tape. And so signed as an undrafted free agent. I don't even know if there's a real path for him to make the team. But I think he could be exciting in camp and in the preseason. So I wanted to at least give him some love. Yeah, I think that you've hit most of the names, if not all of the names. That and you there aren't hit. many. There aren't many. So I, I stole it. You shouldn't have asked me first because I, I wanted okay. to cheat. I mean, we can we can talk about we can talk about it though. Like I I counted while you were talking about those guys how many players or positions I think are spoken for on this roster, oh, just based good... on like the number of of players I think they'll keep at a minimum at each position. And quite off quite 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 a lot of these are guys that we know are going to make the team. Like Jamar Chase obviously is going to make the team, right? Like so for those obvious starters or obvious backups, you pretty easily get to fifty. And if you expand it a little bit, like you add an extra offensive lineman because you think they're going to keep maybe 10 of those guys, maybe LC goes to the pup. So you knock one off there. Maybe it's nine offensive linemen. You think they'll keep instead of eight, maybe it's six corners instead of seven. Then you can see it maybe getting to like 50, 51. But when we're talking about dark horses, we're talking about all of these college free agents, some college free agents from last year, vying for one or two roster spots on the entire team. Not, not just where we have difficult cuts at the back of the wide receiver room and this year's college free agents are names number 10 through 12 on the depth chart or running back where they're behind Travion Williams, Chase Brown, Chris Evans, and would really have to be very impressive to convince the Bengals to keep a fourth running back that isn't Chris Evans or Travion Williams the entire roster has room for maybe one or two guys before injuries and all this stuff, whatever happens happens. Right. But right now before camp opens, it's really hard for any of these guys. And Devon Maxwell is a guy we haven't talked about a lot. And is a great shout A a few people who really grind out draft season, really liked Maxwell's tape. He's a little bit, he's kind of the three tech three tech idea. And, and that's why this could make sense. And it's not like behind their first four guys, you have sure things, I would say, on this team. J2 Fedley, last year's waiver claim, I really like, and he flashed. But if somebody comes along and is very impressive to be that fifth interior defensive lineman they want to keep, it wouldn't shock me if Maxwell really shows out to unseat Tufele. But I do like Tufele's odds quite a bit. I, I just think it's really hard when you talk about Maxwell or, or Jackson Kirkland to, or, or Ben Brown, who I think are the three best candidates, probably more so Kirkland than anyone else. It's just they're going to have to be better than veterans and, and unseat one of these guys that we think is part of that 50 to 51 guys that's very likely to make the team. I want to give DJ Ivy a shot as well because that is a dark horse. He's not undrafted, but he's certainly a dark horse to make the team. And had a really good OTAs. What can he take that and, and be really good in camp and, and yeah. go that route? We'll see. And we've talked a lot about Ivy. So I was let's thinking get to... darker, I guess. I was thinking like less likely. Ivy is is more likely than any of these other guys, I think. Sure, but he's still what? What's the percentage? It, it's a fringe. It's a fringe shot, I guess. Yeah, because he has I, to I, beat out Sidney Jones and Alan George. It, it, and that's just that's tough. Two guys that know. 
what it's like in this league. George was obviously around the team last year. This year, you know, Sidney Jones is someone that has been with the team for a while, but the Bengals showed interest last year. So they clearly liked him and he had committed to the Raiders. He revealed that after signing with the Bengals this offseason. So we'll see. Let's um, actually, you know what? We'll get to, to more questions, including a position group that we're most excited to see during training camp. And we will do that as we take your questions coming up next. But today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the perfect spot if you're looking to find the right people for your team and your small business. Because every potential new hire is a high stakes wager for your business. You don't have time to wait. You want to be 100% certain that you have the right candidate. And LinkedIn Jobs is the perfect place to go because they have screening questions and simple tools that make it easy to focus and narrow down on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire, who you'd like to interview as you look for the right candidates. And small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And that's why you need to get to LinkedIn jobs right now. They're going to help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free. F-R-E-E. Post your job for free right now at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That is the perfect price point, Jake. Free by going to linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. We're going to talk about the most exciting roster battles in training camp this year for our next question though, to stay on the topic of dark horses and, and potential roster surprises. If some, if one of those or two of those dark horses make the team, that means that a veteran mm. Is, is probably not going to make the team instead, right? And this could just be an injury situation too. But along those same points, Max at Maxwell 08M, no relation, I don't think, to Devansha, wants to know who the biggest name is that's on the roster, battle that, roster bubble who you might not expect to find on the roster bubble. Uh, who you might not expect. Now that part is is tough because I – the guys I name, I'm going to at least expect a little bit because I'm naming them. Like, I, I don't think that there's... The the, the common fan yeah. who's maybe not been paying attention, who's not sure. there, doesn't expect. Like, I, you know, Akeem Adenogy, but I think his Q rating is low among the fan base. I think he could certainly get pushed. Uh, Deontay Smith, certainly. Trey Hill. So some three offensive linemen there where, as of now, they might be on the roster, but you never know. And I could see them getting pushed. Is there a path just to, cause everyone talks about Trent Taylor and I'm just going to talk through this. Is there a path for Trent Irwin to not make the team after what he did last year? And he did a lot. He made plays, man. I went back and watched, like I said, I said it on the show last week, he made plays last year. And I think people kind of forget that. Is there a path for him to not make the team? He didn't make the team last year, by the way, he was on the practice squad for a while. It, do you think that's there's a chance of that? I have like one percent. Like there's that not, low. You think uh, it's that low? I, I think I would say ten percent. He's he's the most targeted wide receiver on the team last year. Who's not Jamar T or Tyler? He clearly has Joe Burrow's trust. Joe Burrow's talked him up a lot. He had four touchdowns last year. I don't know. I, I have a tough time with it. I mean, the, the way that he gets cut is if 
Yosevash is ready to back up on the outside right away. And they keep Stanley Morgan because they, they decide that his contributions in the locker room and on special teams and as a blocker are too invaluable. He beat out Irwin last year, to be clear. I know. I know. But maybe they just keep seven. Right now, my thought is that they just keep seven wide receivers. And I, I kind of keep coming back to that because they won't want to necessarily expose Yosevash to waivers. Six-round pick. And I know I just said on a show last week that a lot of times waivers, waiver claims get through. And it's even possible that Trent Irwin can make it through and get back to the practice squad. But at the same time, some team could see that when his number was called, he made the play last year more often than not. I know the playoffs weren't great for him in the AFC Championship game. But I, I just have a hard time seeing it with the way Joe Burrow talks about him and, and how much we know Joe Burrow trusts Trent Irwin. Can I give you another one? Yeah. What about Max Sharping? Yeah, I can see Max Sharping. Like the offensive line behind the starting, presumed starting five, and I think Jackson Carmen is, is on the team. You can see going in any number of directions. And I think that means that Trey Hill, Hakeem Denergy, Max Sharping, Cody Ford are all battling along with Deontay Smith and Ben Brown and Jackson Kirkland. And how many of those guys do they keep? How many do they think they can get onto the practice squad comfortably? What's the health status of Lyle Collins? What will certainly play a role here? I think that those are some true competitions for, for those second offensive line jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that would be one. And then just looking at the defense, I don't think this is crazy, but I, I think uncle Mike, Michael Thomas is certainly, yeah, certainly someone that's going to have to find his way onto the roster. And, and that doesn't mean he couldn't hang around on the practice squad. I, I do think they want him around the team. Does he want that type of role at this stage? I don't know, but someone to mention. And is that, is there anyone more likely to be the initial cut and then brought back on a deal after they get somebody on to injured reserve than mm. Michael Thomas? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're right. You're, you're totally right. I, you know, the other one actually though, that I think about. Is it Trevor Simeon? No, but that's a good one. Go ahead. I, I think that Simeon is the backup quarterback, but we, we have talked a little bit about how much the Bengals have valued Jake Browning over the past couple of years, making sure to get him a couple of game checks in each of those two years as a practice squad call-up. I would have a hard time seeing it. I think Trevor Simeon is going to be the backup. He's got tons of experience. He knows, the, he knows Brian Callahan very well, obviously. I think that having that veteran who's got that starting experience is valuable, but you know, so, some people don't want us to write off Jake Browning. But who's J2 Feller? Yeah, we talked about him a little bit. That yeah. that's the Devonsha Maxwell situation, yep. right? No where where he comes in and really blows blows your socks off. And so then blows you away. Are we sure Devin Asiasi? And are we sure Cody Ford? I know we talked about uh, the line, but yeah, I, I'm I just specific. I mentioned Cody Ford. Um, no, I know. I'm just I, I just Th those are guys that like yeah. when they signed, when, when they claimed Asiasi and th then he's it's his final year this year of his rookie deal. You think, oh, well, it's a shallow tight end room. I don't know, man. I don't know if they, they're for sure locked in him as their third tight end. What, what yeah. are, are we sure Tanner Hudson can't well, make a push for that third tight end spot? I'm not. Mitchell Wilcox might be back too. And, and then maybe that's the conversation because he's, 
He's still out there, curiously. I mean, Super Bowl was... champ, Tanner Hudson, who kind of looks, he doesn't in his headshot, but in person, he kind of looks like Tyler Eifert. It's really weird. All right. I'm serious. Okay. I don't know. That, I don't know what to say about that. It, it was, it was really weird. Like there's a couple times I did a double take and I'm like, Oh, that's not Tyler Eifert's not working out for the team today. So some others that are interesting. Yeah. Uh, Terrell Basham, who yeah. was yes. an a unrestricted free agent signing that we liked to add depth to that room before the draft, before they added miles Murphy, miles Murphy makes it much tougher. Uh, at, at the edge rusher position for the Bengals, Jeff Gunter, I don't think this would be a surprise to anyone, but Jeff Gunter certainly has an uphill battle. But Terrell Basham, Cam Sample, Miles Murphy, Joseph Osai as the backups, do they keep all four? Do they go? Do they cut down at linebacker because they're going heavier at another position? That would be Ooh. a surprise too. A guy like Marcus Bailey or Joe Bacci, both of whom we think they think pretty highly of. Yeah, I, I would be surprised, but if we're talking about surprises, if they went lighter at linebacker, you could you could see something like that. Sidney Jones is another one, I think, that uh, on the other side of the DJ Avi Allen George coin would be from the time they signed him to today, a little bit of a surprise, although that, that corner depth battle for that last corner spot is going to be real intense. Let's flip this just briefly. And it's it's not a mailbag question, but would you be surprised? And obviously, this is assuming health. If Trent Taylor made the 53-man roster. Right now, I, I think I would be surprised. I, right? I think you're in the majority, not the minority. And that's just interesting to me. I think you're probably right. Interesting, though, because he was obviously a contributor last year. Would you be surprised? That one's really hard, though. I will say that. It is. Because he has been valuable to this team over the past two years. Would you be surprised if Chris Evans made the team? I I think so. Are they keeping four running backs again? I mean, I, I was somewhat critical of that last year. I think they would like it if Chris Evans proved that he needed to make the team. But I also think that Mixon, Williams, Brown are, are locked in. And is that a place where they want to be a little bit flexible and use that roster spot elsewhere? Chris Evans is is a real bubble guy this year. And, and I don't think that's surprising to anybody. But that's why we didn't mention him. But he has all these tools and he's so tantalizing. And it's an, another player where you would like to see him find a bigger role and, and be on the team. But he has an uphill battle, I think, in reality. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think Tyson uphill Anderson, battle. Similar, similar situation, potentially. Oh, you think Must so? Have. Less so. Let's talk about it. I think he's. I think he's probably maybe not as secure as Trent Irwin, but like it's in that same realm. So we're yeah, different I, there. I, I think much less so, but like there's he has to stay healthy and and show that he can contribute in these areas. I think that he should make the team, but how much do they value Michael Thomas and and do they want to keep five safeties if they value Michael I don't, Thomas that highly? Yeah, I I don't think they'll keep five. I think there'll be an injury or there'll be an issue or, you know, they'll, they'll move on from one of them. So I get it. I get why you mentioned Tyson Anderson. Cause it's, it's interesting. All right. We have to, we've answered two of your questions. We're going to answer more of them as we roll on here coming up next. More questions to conclude the show. As James said, let's get to the Bangalorean next. He wants to know James, what position group you're most excited 
to see compete at training camp in the wake of all these discussions about potential surprises and, and roster bubbles and all this stuff? Well, I'm excited for, for two different positions. Um, well, three. I, I'll, I'll say three. Uh, most excited. Well, you know me. It's always wide receiver. I'm ready to watch Chuck Sizzle, Sizzle and Andre Yosevash to explain why Yoshi is the best superhero in the world. So we'll see if both of those guys can handle business and, and put on a show as rookies, similar to, to what Tyler Boyd did as a rookie. He had a heck of a, a training camp in 2016, and it took him a few years to get to that level of production. But I was sold on him during the draft, and then at camp I'm like, oh, yeah, this dude's going to be good. And obviously he ended up being really good for this team. So can those guys, can I get that same feeling from them, specifically Charlie, just because he was he's an older prospect and uh, or was at least and, and, and is someone that you're hoping can hit the ground running a bit. Outside of that, I'll name one more. And it's more about the rotation, but seeing these safeties and, and how they operate and how Lou Anarumo deploys them, I think they're talented. I just talked about Tyson, who a lot of people think is going to be the fourth guy mm-hmm. at best. I like that safety room a lot. I don't think they're what they were because Jesse Bates and Von Bell are awesome, but I think they could still be good and not be this weakness that a lot of people are expecting them to be. I think those are good ones. The one that I'll call out that you didn't mention is the edge edge rusher group. I think the depth there is really fun. And we talked about this last week as well. Joseph Osai, Cam Sample, Miles Murphy, Terrell Basham, Jeff Gunter, are all five players that weren't on this team before 2021. And so they've, they've got two years of experience. You got uh, Jeff Gunter coming off an injury last year, Miles Murphy, the rookie, and Terrell Basham, who has been a solid role player in the NFL to this point. I think those guys are going to be fun. And part of what's going to be fun about that, like you mentioned with safety, is seeing how they're deployed. And, you know, we, we've talked about who's kicking inside when, what kind of pass rushing groupings do we see in clear passing situations? I think that that will be one of the more interesting parts of training camp for me. Once you're talking about roster battles and, and not just, you know, schematic stuff or, or how the starters are looking at, at various points. Yeah. I, I I'll mention the offensive line too. All eyes on Jonah. All yeah, but like, who's he, it, it, who's he competing with? He's competing with Jackson Carmen and Cody Ford unless LC is like healthier than we think he is. All I heard was how good Jackson Carmen looked and how well he did last year. All right. So, all right, let, let's see it now. And, and so yeah. it, it is interesting. It's a, it's a big year for Jackson for sure. Big year, obviously for Jonah. And then the other part is I just want to see big, strong, physical left tackle. Mm-hmm. Orlando Brown Jr. I want to see the Bengals OBJ out there. It just because why not? Why wouldn't you want to see him? So I, I had to mention him. Let's uh let's take a couple more here at Bengals Party, Bengals Watch Party on Twitter. Bro extension is coming, but which combination of extensions would you prefer next? A Higgins and Wilson, B DJ Reader and Jonah Williams, C your combination. I think B it would make so many people fight with themselves because they would want reader to get extended, but then they would say, ah, you're not extending Jonah. <laughs> yeah. If, if, C, if C wasn't an option here, I would just pick a because sure. of, of what's transpired with Jonah Williams at this point. Although I do remain probably more bullish than the average fan on his ability and his pedigree and the potential for him to become a, 
above an above average right tackle in the NFL. But since C is there and I can pick, I'm going to pick my my the, the two players that have been named in groups A and B that I think are most valuable to this team, and that's T. Higgins and DJ Reader. And those are also probably more expensive than T. Higgins and, and Logan Wilson, but T. Higgins, we, we've talked a lot about his value and, and his ability to be 1A to, to Jamar's 1 or 1B to 1A or whatever you want to say. And DJ Reader is just critically important to this defense and, and the various things that he opens up and uh, allows Luana Rimo to do staying light in the box and doing things that, you know, at a high school level, you can never even imagine doing because DJ reader can do the job of one and a half to two players, sometimes three players on a given mm-hmm. down. And, and just what he can open up for you, even though he's hit, nearing that age cliff for, for defensive tackles. I've loved DJ reader. As a Bengal, I love the signing, even though he was a nose tackle when they when they made it in free agency. He was one of our tier one guys back in the day when he signed and uh, one of one of few uh, tier one free agents that the Bengals have actually signed. And he's worked out in a big, big way. And so despite all of those things, I'd be pretty interested in seeing that one. Do you have a different answer? I would ju- T and DJ would be the, the primary for me. Um, what if you had to pick A and B? It would just be A, right? Probably, but here's the problem: is they're spending so much money in that offensive line room, you're not paying both tackles. Like I don't even think a Jonah Williams. What if he was an All Pro? And by the way, they can't extend him. By the way, they can't. It's done. The franchise tag. It's done. The window. Um, but the, the, re-signing. The fifth option. It was a fifth year option. Oh, that's true. That's right. So I guess they could. There's zero chance. That's how I, I forgot. It wasn't the franchise tag. It was the fifth year option. Yeah. But either way, offseason is way too long. Okay. Um, <laughs> We're almost done. That said, all pro, if he's an all pro, you would tag him. Yeah, I guess so. If you, because then you're letting Higgins walk, I guess, in that no, scenario. I mean, no. Oh, so you don't actually A and B. There's, there's no scenario where I pick Jonah Williams over T. Higgins, not with yeah. Orlando Brown Jr. on the roster. There's none. Yeah. Me personally, because you're already spending at left tackle. At some point, you have to be able to draft a tackle at some point. And and that point is probably next April. Might be. Or Jackson Carmen is what he's been talked up to be. Let's take another question or two. We got at some, some point. That's probably next April. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that wasn't a shot at you. Uh, we, we've got at least one fun one here. I'm going to get a mean comment for saying that. Go ahead. In one ear, out the other, James. Brandon Horseman at BHorseman93. Horseman. Here's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Which Reds player do you want to see ruler of the jungle first? I think we're going to have different answers here, but we'll see. Oh, I mean, Joey Vada would be the one, right, that you would pick and, and say, but – I don't want any of them to be roller of the jungle. I want a Jamar Chase versus Ellie De La Cruz race. Yeah. And uh, that said, my, my favorite red is Matt McClain. Oh yeah. Just to be to be very clear, so I'll be selfish just to give an answer. Matt McClain, he's the best. He's the best rookie on the team. I, I thought that. that take? I thought there would be more. Well, he's he's certainly been the best hitter. Is is Will Benson a rookie? 
Does he have rookie eligibility left? Because he's been crushing it for the last two months. Freak. He's been playing very well, no doubt. Um, he, he's probably been the best hitter on the team in June, July. I, I thought that I thought Ellie De La Cruz would be more top of mind here because of the the excitement that he brings to the city and, and everywhere he goes. Joey Votto is the easy answer for me because he's a Cincinnati sure. institution. So you thought I was going to say Ellie? Yeah, the, the the more electric, new, exciting. I don't know. I thought I thought maybe it would be somebody oh, besides yeah. Votto. I remember in 2010, Votto came up with the bases loaded in a game. It was like a Sunday game, and I was in the outfield. And it was like, oh, I know he's going to get a hit. Like, it was the most ridiculous feeling ever in baseball when Mm -hmm. if you're really, really good, you get a hit like 32% of the time. Like, really good. And I was like, oh, he's going to get a hit. And I don't think he got a hit in that at bat, actually. And then the next – it went into extras, and they ended up winning. But the point is, is like that level of inevitability in his prime mm-hmm. was scary for Votto. So no, I, I would I would say Votto for sure. Yeah. But but Matt McClain to be different because I, I'm Team McClain when it comes to uh, when it comes to the the rookie Reds. Even though he's, Ellie's the, Ellie's a big star, I'm not saying that. Of course, yeah. he is. He he's been great and would be your star shortstop if Ellie De La Cruz didn't exist and didn't also have the ability to play shortstop they can move though that's the awesome yeah. part is they're yeah. just so athletic they could just move around both of them exciting exciting stuff with many of those young reds that's gonna do it. we had a lot of questions james this is this is our most replied to mailbag prompts of the offseason at least like since the draft since the draft probably yeah so good to see that Everyone's ready for Bengals football to return. And, and ready who would win for... a race? Ellie De La Cruz or DJ Turner? I think DJ Turner, right? Oh, yeah. It would be, yes. 428. Yeah. I mean, Ellie's, who, who could throw a ball harder? Ellie De La Cruz or literally anyone else on, on the Bengals roster? Probably Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah. I mean, he, it was the, <laughs> The fastest infield assist of the Statcast era. So he keeps doing it. He's like ninety nine point eight on man, unbelievable. So yeah, I mean maybe, maybe put him on the mound and just see. He's got that Otani. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe too late for for that to work out. I, or he just may be good right away because he's maybe. just he's a freak. That's the thing. Kid doesn't even know how to play yet for real. It it's, it it does. It reminds me of Jamar, and I'm not saying Jamar didn't know how to play. But his route running now versus two years ago when he was a rookie mm-hmm. and, and rusty coming off of a and, and he didn't play for a year, so he was rusty to a degree. And you still dominate in the in the league. That's when you're like, oh, this dude is just different. When he had three touchdowns in his first two games, different. One more fun one, and, and then we gotta go. Governor sure. Chief, do you think Ocho Cinco can lock down Charlie Jones? Man. <laughs> What's trying to do to me, man? What's you trying to do? I, I think it would be. It I, I think it would be Clamp City, man. Clamp City. There you go. Clamp City. That's gonna do it for this. Yeah, Clamp City. We'll just leave it there. Clamp City. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back for mock turtle soup for coaches talking for other Bengals. Brass Mike Brown. Dressing. Mike Brown, baby. Yeah, that's mock turtle soup.
Is that not? I'm going to guess- ask him that. Hey, Mike, do you think Chad Johnson will put the clamps on Charlie Jones? There you go. You- I, I don't know what he would say, oh but I'm God. fascinated to find out. I can't wait. Clamps. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back for those topics and the start of training camp later this week. Until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lock on Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.